I tell you, this is a little different view from for me. I used to, I usually am either holding a guitar or sitting in the drum cage, sitting in the drum cage. And so, but it's good to be here tonight. It's good to be at Mag Church. I count it an honor and privilege to get to stand behind this sacred desk. And your pastor loves you. He loves you enough to preach truth to you when it hurts. Don't ever take that for granted. Pastor's not here. (laughs) So you're stuck with me tonight. He's over in Baton Rouge this week at... Uh, Family Worship Center doing their summer intensives. Um, And so pray for him this week. I know where Pastor JR is wanting to take us as a church. The The vision is not hard. It does, however, take a life that is consecrated to Christ. It takes forsaking all others. It takes daily communion and commitment to a thrice holy God. Folks, it's not church as usual anymore. Pastor pretty much drew the line in the sand last Sunday night. It's no more same. We will be a Holy Ghost-filled church with the initial physical evidence, period. From the nursery workers to the pastoral staff and all points between. We're in the end times. It's not hard to see. This thing's about to wrap up. This whole world is groaning for relief. Signs of the times are everywhere. There's a brand new feeling in the air. Keep your eyes on the eastern sky. Lift up your heads. Our redemption draws nigh. Our prayer needs to be even so. Come Lord Jesus. Tonight I want to deal with something that is I feel is prevalent in the church today. And this is really the first big step in getting to the place where pastor is wanting to take us as a church. Turn with me to 1 John 5:21. It's something that I feel has creeped into our lives and I'm afraid we as Pentecostal believers have failed to recognize it. We've allowed little G gods to take root in all our lives. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
Amen. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Who is the little children? We are. An accurate description of idols is something that's a God substitute. Worshiping idols is a sin, period. It's a severe, severe offense against God. We live in a day and age where there are idols all around us. They are all vying for our attention. Idols are not just images carved out of wood or molded silver or gold. Idols can be your cell phone. That time we should be talking to the Lord, instead we're talking to someone else. That time we should be searching the Word, and instead we're searching something else. Idol can be your money. We have money for vacations, but we don't have enough for missions. We have money for items all over our homes, but we don't have enough to tithe. Idols can be your vehicles. We have our lifted four-door, three-quarter ton trucks with diesel engines. We have our cars, our fast cars, that will do zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. We have our side-by-side UTVs that cost more than our cars and trucks put together. That's right. (laughs) Idols can be our jobs. This is probably not a sermon to, that you'll run, jump, shout, and holler over. But it's one that'll get you to heaven. Idols can be our jobs. We used to classify our jobs as a way to provide for our family. Now what we, what we do has become what we are. Idols can be your physical appearance. There's nothing at all wrong with being fit and healthy. But the problem is when physical fitness becomes our God. We go to the gym religiously every morning at 5 a.m., but we never give the Lord his time before sunrise. David declared in Psalm 63.1 that he would seek him early. Idols can be your comfort. When God has called us to do something difficult, we are weakened because comfort has become our idol. Jesus didn't call us to a life primarily of comfort. Idols can be Sunday activities instead of church. We have time to raise our children at the ball field, but we don't have time to raise them in church. We have time to go to the lake on Sundays, but we don't have time to go to church on Sunday. Idols can be self-indulgence. I'll let you fill in the blank on that one. 
can't believe I said that. Go start the car. We're going to have to run out of here. <laughs> Idols can be your family and children. Let me stop here a second with that one because I don't want this taken the wrong way. The Bible is perfectly clear that your spouse and children are gifts from God. But sometimes we want to worship the gifts instead of the giver. Our families have to be in the proper place with God. God first, spouses and children second, God third, and in that order. There's evidence of idolatry throughout the Bible. Worshiping idols happened again and again throughout the history of God's people. The first clear recorded instance was when Jacob commanded members of his extended family to get rid of their foreign gods before he arrived at Bethel. Genesis 35, 1-4 says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, and appear unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob the, their strange gods, which were in their hands, and all their earrings, and which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shechem. The first time the Bible describes the entire nation of Israel engaging in idolatry was when they gathered to worship the golden calf that was made while Moses was on Mount Sinai. Exodus 32, 1-6 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mount, the people gathered themselves unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. And as for Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we woke not where what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them in, in, at their hand and, and fashioned it with a graving tool. After he had made a molten calf, and they said, These be our gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar, altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast day to the Lord. They rose up early on the morrow, set and burnt and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, I went to the Expositor Study Bible that Brother Swaggart has and read his commentary on this. It says, this verse states that Israel could not go very long without strong spiritual leadership, and neither can the modern church. Thank God for strong spiritual leadership in this church. Without Moses being present, the people would cry, make us gods. It has little changed. Aaron would acquiesce to the demands of the people as too much of spiritual leadership does presently. 
Verse 3 commentary says, unless we hover close to, the, to Christ, none of us are very far from the golden calf. For instance, most churches give people what they want instead of what they need. The seeker-sensitive churches, and in fact Moses, all are perfect examples of this. Verse 5 commentary says, One of the great ploys of Satan is not to abolish God, but to represent him by something visible. Also, Satan can, through a religious teacher like Aaron, associate idolatry with Christ, recognize the good in all religions, and provide a worship that appeals to man's natural heart. In fact, everything was done by Aaron under the cover of religion. Verse 6 says that they rose up to play. Brother Swaggart's commentary says that their play is referred to licentiousness and vulgarity of the worst order. Cain had the right altar, but the wrong sacrifice. Israel had the right sacrifices, but the wrong altar. The Lord could not accept either because both were man-devised. And that's a, that's a great problem with the modern church. During the, times, during the time of the judges, God's people frequently turned to false gods and worship, participated in idol worship. During the latter years of King Solomon, there was a continuing pattern of idolatry in Israel. 1 Kings 11, 1 through 6 says, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Zidonians, and the Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, old that his wives turned away his heart after their other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord after after the Lord as his father David did. At the end of King Solomon's reign, Israel became a divided kingdom. All the rulers of the northern kingdom of Israel engaged in idolatry, and so did many of the southern kings of Judah. It was only after the exile that the worship of others, God ceased among the Jews. Idolatry is attractive. Idolatry is luring. Idolatry is antichrist in the most primitive form. The pagans believed that worshiping several gods was superior to worshiping the one true God. In their eyes, more was better. You see, 
Idols don't require any kind of obedience. Idols don't require more purity that God Almighty demands. God requires his people, us, to have high moral standards. Idolatry is demonic. Moses said in Deuteronomy 32, 17, they sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. The writer of Psalms 106, 36, and 37 says, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devil, unto devils. God bought, brought judgment to Jeroboam because of idol, wor- idol worship. 1 Kings 14, 7-12 says, Go tell Jeroboam, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, because I exalted you from among the people and made you ruler over my people, Israel, and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, and yet you have not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart to do, to do only what was right in my eyes. But you have done more evil than all who were before you, for you have gone and made yourself other gods and molded images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I will bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam and will cut off from Jeroboam every male in Israel, bond and free. I will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as one takes away refuse until it is all gone. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field, for the Lord has spoken. Paul tells the church in Colossians 3, 5 that immorality is idolatry. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. People put the desire for immorality and the desire for riches and power ahead of God. These become gods themselves. Worshiping the worship instead of God is idolatry. Worshiping religion instead of God is idolatry. Idolatry is anything that takes place of the one true God. I told you this wouldn't be a run, jump, and shouter. It represents open, unashamed rejection of God. Idolatry is defiance toward God. Idolatry is worthy of severe judgment. Idolatry gives priority to anything in place of God. It allows things to become the focus of one's desire and dependence. It takes place 
of relying on God. Idolatry involves people claiming to be loyal to God and His Word, and at the same time giving equal or greater loyalty to persons, institutions, traditions, or earthly authority. Nothing may be given higher priority in life than a relationship to God and His Word. Idolatry is not just one sin among many. It is the parent of every other sin passed down through the ages to every person. God will not tolerate any form of idolatry. The first two commandments tells of the direct stance that God takes against idolatry in Exodus 20. There shall have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. He will not compete with any earthly idol. Idolatry occurs within the church today when people believe they can serve God and experience his salvation and blessings and at the same time participate in the immoral and wicked practices of the world. The New Testament warns us to flee from all forms of idolatry. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 10, 14, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. God makes it very clear that those who engage in any form of idolatry will have no part in his kingdom. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 20 and 21 says, Idolatry. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You see a pattern with this? Idolatry will send you to hell. John's final words are some of the important in this letter. He drills to the core of our hearts. What do we worship? Who do we worship? Martin Luther said that we don't ever commit any other sin without first breaking the first of the Ten Commandments. 
you shall have no other gods before me. That means every sin we commit is a sin first of idolatry. We were made to worship God. We worship God with our heart. The problem is that we don't always worship the right thing. We are to worship God. But instead we worship idols. Good things that are in our lives can quickly turn into an idol and then become ultimately the object that is worshipped. Idolatry is something we have all actively participated in. And it's not because we lack something from God. Idolatry is a sin against God. It's an abandonment from Him. It's an assault on Him. It's denial of His goodness. Idolatry is evil because it says to God, you are not worthy of my worship. Fill in the blank. More than anything I want, more than anything I need, more than anything I fear, more than anything I love. Whatever fills in the blanks that is placed in front of God is an idol. What do you think about when nothing else demands your attention? Where do you spend most of your money? Idols will dominate your life. Idols will never satisfy. The Apostle John tells us that we need to keep ourselves from idols. We must guard our heart from idols. The antidote, though, to idols of the heart is the cross. John 12, 32 says, and this is Jesus speaking, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The reason we worship idols is because we long to worship and our worship belongs to God Almighty. Idolatry is a big deal, but Jesus is bigger. Idols don't love us, but Jesus does. We break the chains of idolatry by believing God's promises. We break the chains of idolatry by wholly committing ourselves to him. Brandon, can you come back? Idolatry is broken through the finished work of the cross. Jesus paid the price for our sins. 
Jesus made a way for us to have a restored relationship with the Father. Would you stand and bow your heads? Brandon, would you play, draw me near, blessed Lord. I want you to take a good look into your lives. Ask God to turn the searchlight of heaven on your soul. Folks, this is how we get to another level in Christ. I want you to find a place to pray. Come to the front. Kneel at your seats. Let's recommit ourselves to God.